When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's see day trippers. Brought to you by bookmakers.com. Gray skies are going to clear up, put on a sunny face. Welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. It is full-time Reds. It is finished at Anfield, Liverpool to Everton nil. I'm your host, Matt. I got Kev along tonight with me. Kev, give me one word how you're feeling after that one. Thirsty. <laughs> Cheers to that, my friend. Cheers, Cheers to that. Uh, the show tonight is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Head on over to their website for uh, the best odds from all the bookmakers for all the biggest sports possible. I'm sure somebody won some money on a coin toss last night at the Super Bowl. Uh, good work to Emmett, by the way. Picking up a couple of easy, easy little wins there. Super Bowl Sunday for some touchdown scores. Good football game. Uh, but uh, also check out Bookmakers. Gab does a once weekly show there with the Spurs fan, United fan. It's it's a really good show. You guys should be uh, checking it out if you're not. So, Mr. Uh, Kev, this is going to be a lot better than the last time we uh, met under these circumstances. Mate, I I I missed the Wolves game. Delighted to miss the Wolves game, but we talked after. And you, I felt your pain that day. It was, it was horrible. Uh, it it was, you know, heartbreaking because we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know how we were going to react. And nine days with no football is a long time, yes, especially on the back of a poor, poor away loss. But I think the two day, the two days the club gave him off was after it cleared the air where I'd imagine an awful lot got said. And I just listened to the post-match interviews with Mo and uh, Stefan, and it was, you know, they had a really good week's training, so they say, and it showed tonight. I thought we were dominant from the first minute to the last. Um, gave them absolutely nothing, gave them no encouragement. And the one sniff that they did have, we punished them proper. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, it was, we needed that. We desperately needed that in so many ways, on so many different levels. Um, but 
that was arguably our most important game since the Champions League final. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was make or break for a lot of people, for a lot of people at the club. That tonight was make or break. And there was an awful lot of really, really good performances to talk about. But I don't know about you. How what how did you feel when you saw the when you saw the lineup? Because I'd imagine a lot of people were scratching their heads. You know, there was it wasn't the lineup that people predicted by any stretch. You know, back four, yeah, front three, yeah, but the midfield, no, I don't think many people saw that one coming. No, it the three that we'd been going with, obviously, you know, we lose Thiago to injury for a couple of weeks now, so he's definitely not going to be in contention. But it just feels like to me that the shirt is Bacetich's to lose. Like at this point, it seems like the coaching staff are so pleased with his development and the way that he's come into the team and slotted into it that they're just going to give him a run. You know, he might have to be rotated once we start playing consistent weekend, midweek games sort of thing. And when the Champions League comes back, he'll definitely see some rotation. But, you know, the concerns that people were having about him three, four games ago that he can't last the 90, and he got taken off in, what, the 80th minute, I believe, tonight? It was late on. It was late on, yeah. Uh, 89th minute. So 89th, he basically yeah, played was, the full 90 tonight. Yeah. And he was running, he was doing his, you know, his donkey's work in midfield, getting around. Like he seemed like he really enjoyed it. So the yeah. big one, obviously, is Fabinho. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people, you know, everybody's prone to making rash reactions. And when the same performances keep happening, those rash reactions start compounding. And it gets to the point where it seems like nobody wants Fabinho to ever put the shirt on again. And sure enough, Klopp treats a Merseyside Derby like Klopp treats a Merseyside Derby and throws a lineup curveball out there for us. Yeah, um, I mean, I saw, I, I thought, I said on Friday night that I thought Fabinho would start and I thought Henderson would start, but mainly because of their threats from set pieces. I thought we needed physicality to match them up in midfield. And I expect, I didn't expect Stefan to play. I expected uh, Naby to play. Um, I thought, Merseyside Derby, on the back of a 3-0 loss, it's easy to drop the kid. And credit to Klopp, man. He, he trusts this kid like I've never seen. You know, I've never... I haven't seen this, this level of trust in a player since Trent broke into the side at right back for when Klein got injured and he made the position his own. I think but at a much lower impact position. Yeah, I mean, 100%. He's playing. Yeah, I mean, he played tonight as a left-sided eight. Yeah. But he's been playing as the six for what's this? His fifth or sixth start in a row. Yeah. In all competitions, like he clearly has the backing of the team, and I, we may as well just have a couple minute love in on Stefan Bacetic here because I, I, I was surprised to see him when I saw the lineup. I was thinking kind of a four-two-three-one, maybe with Henderson as more of a ten. You know, yeah. with Akpo dropping deep and Nunez out on the left, and. He played as he played as that left side at eight, and I thought he absolutely handled the role fantastically. Well, you never saw it will be until probably sixty minutes. He done absolutely nothing, and Steph between Steph, what Stefan did off the ball in conjunction with Robertson and Fabinho in nullifying everything that came down that side. He was sharp into the tackles, composure on the ball, ability to pick a pass. Uh, he, this kid could be anything. We could have a real gem. 
He's, I mean, he's not afraid to try a bit of flair. You know, he tried a no. couple of kind of scorpion kick type flick ons when the yeah. ball was in the middle of the park, you know, in that, in the part of the park where if you lose the ball, silly style, it can really hurt you in a counterattack. And he's not afraid to just hook a foot over the back of his head, trying to flick the ball onto somebody. Yeah. In terms of his composure, somebody put into the telegram chat that he said after the game that he thought it would be less comfortable. And yeah, what a, what a quote. I mean, what a like what a feeling for him to have, you know, coming into the into the hot zone after the game, you know, the adrenaline still pumping through him to come out with something like that. It, amazing. Oh, mate, listen, twelve months ago he said he he said twelve months ago he was playing under eighteens and he was playing centre back. You know, he's a year later he's playing in the Merseyside derby, and like you said, it's his shirt to lose, and the way he's going, um. There's no word of a lie. This kid could end up saving us 50, 60 million quid. He could he save re- you what Moises he, Caicedo amount of money. He really could. He could, say, he could be a year behind Moises Caicedo. That's a scary thing. That's a scary thing. I mean, the thing is, when you're taking a gamble on someone like him, when it pays off, it's, and I'm not, look, I'm not for a second saying that we don't go out and strengthen midfield. I'm just saying that. This having someone operate the way he operates gives you such license to get the the right player. Do you know what I mean? He, he's genuinely in that front three on merit, or sorry, in that midfield three purely on merit. You know, and he's done absolutely nothing wrong. Mo Salah said he's the best; he's been the best player so far at you know at the club. Yeah, he's a standout player. That's what Salah said in his in his post match. He was outstanding tonight, and I suppose he got a bit of vertigo towards the end when you had Mo going one way and Jota going the other way, and he slightly under hit the pass to Mo. Yeah, you'd forgive him that. You know, I was I was so happy for him um, because he could have fallen flat in his face. You know, he really could. And he, he's just grabbed the opportunity and he's a, he's going to be an inspiration to every single one of the kids who comes up and and trains with the first team. That Look at him a year ago when he was playing with us. Look at him now. Yep. You know, he was phenomenal tonight. Absolutely phenomenal. You know, exactly what you want. Delighted. Yeah. Yeah, it was, I mean, I was, I was so happy with the performance. Like, I mean, if you just kind of jump forward kind of through the game here in moments, like I wrote down a note at 16 minutes that I didn't actually see the Everton lineup before the game started, and I couldn't definitively say who was playing in midfield for them. We were we absolutely dominated the game. Just we didn't do anything spectacular. We just made our we made our small passes that we've been incapable of completing in the last few games. We filled the right spaces. Every time Everton got the ball, it seemed like they were lumping it out for a throw-in pretty much immediately. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, an awful lot of that came from uh, our pre- – I expect – the way they Everton started, the first two or three minutes, everything went long. Everything yeah. went direct. Everything went up to Sims. And, look, he's a unit. He won his fair share in the air. And the first minute, the ball dropped to Joe Matip and the ball bounced between his legs and I had a proper head in the hands moment. I was sat on the sofa. I was like, oh, God, no. No, not again. And that was it. He brushed it off. 
And for the rest of the game, he went on his mazy runs. He was confident. It was 90, 90 seconds after he had yeah. that horrible air kick. He got the ball out of the back and just went on a proper Matip. Like, yeah, yeah it, it didn't it didn't seem to phase him at all. Quite unlike the last game where that first quick goal just seemed to totally throw the cat amongst the pigeons for our defensive unit. Like, yeah, it, it was good to see the the level headedness of veteran players coming through mm-hmm. that. You wouldn't expect like a guy like Joel Matip is but ten years a professional. Like he shouldn't get thrown by giving up an early goal. It's happened to him how many so, times? Uh, Match makes a great point there. Uh, we got the rudimentary things right for once. Exactly, and that's exactly it. It was we got the basics done. We were the front once Pickford decided right going long isn't working. They tried playing it out from the back, and it was bang. Yeah, the press came into play. And it was backed up by Henderson on one side, Stefan on the other side. Fabinho t- forced them into areas that they he, he Fabinho wasn't great. He wasn't. I th- I thought he was probably bang average at best. All right, but the one thing that he did do is block off areas. He made him. He got in the way of passing lanes and forced Everton to go different ways. But as soon as Everton decided to go short, the press came into play. And from there, we just dominated the ball. They tried to hoof it long then, and we just cleaned up. And we just dominated possession without creating any real chances. But they were parked in that 4-5-1, and they were rigid in it. But what you found, I found anyway, was the whole point of the of our game plan was to get Darwin isolated with Shane Coleman and let him attack that way. And once that happened, it was, I mean, Shane, Shane and Scott Coleman got the better of the first one. But then after that, it was uh, lamps of the slaughter almost. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I want to get on to the goal because uh, the whole <laughs> the whole first half gave me feelings of old Liverpool. Like we looked stronger in attack. Both the fullbacks seemed like they were given the license to go, and to me, that comes from having Fabinho and Henderson in the midfield. Having those guys in there that know the system, that have been told that, hey, today we're going to let the callers off of these fullbacks and we're going to let them get forward and try to create something for us. They get their corner. Mm. I mean. Should have scored. They really. Genuinely. It it was. Tarkowski gets up so well. You know, it was a brilliant. It was a brilliant delivery. And Tarkowski does everything. Bar score. He gets up over the, over his defender. He gets a good header back cross goal and off the post. Off the post. And then from when it hits the post, I would love somebody to take a stopwatch to this. 18 seconds. 18, all right, there we go. Yeah, you can get a lot done in 18 seconds apparently these days. I mean, you can have a little quick one-two with Mo Salah and then absolutely turn on the afterburners. And I, I wrote it down a couple of times throughout the game tonight. Like Darren's comment here that Darwin sprinting from the left wing to the right wing, beating Mo to the tackle early on, set the tone. And I can tell yeah. you, Darren, that that happened at two minutes and 35 seconds because the note I put down is Darwin is so quick. When yeah. he opens it up and he starts running. So he makes that little one-two with Mo Salah after picking up the ball inside our penalty area, which is important to remember. You know, like Darwin Nunez wasn't lurking around the halfway line. He picks the ball up in our 18-yard box, plays a one-two with Mo Salah, and 18 seconds after the corner's taken, the ball's in the back of their net. The, the speed he has is unbelievable. The, 
<laughs> oh, Red Steve, you bastard. Yeah. You bastard. We love uh, you, Steve. I mean, j just the the pace with which our forwards got up the field. I mean, every, people have been having concerns about whether Gakpo has any sort of pace to him. I think you saw on that counterattack that Cody Gakpo can run. Chris sent me a text after that goal went in, uh, a couple of minutes after the goal went in. He said, Cody Gakpo is like an 800-meter runner. When he opens up his legs... He just holds a high pace, you know, and he, he showed it a couple of times in the game that when he opens his legs, he gets away from players, you know, but he was, Salah was like, he was giving it some to keep up with. And Nunes is there running with the ball yeah. and Salah was struggling to keep up with it. And Cody was right there as well. Pickford made a pig's ear of it, but forget Pickford. The cross on his weak foot was inch perfect. Inch was, perfect. Inch at high speed. At high speed. At, at the so there's at the point where he has the ball and he crosses the the halfway line. There's at least six players running at full speed towards Jordan Pickford, and the fastest one is Darwin Nunez with the ball at his feet. It's freaky, isn't it? It's unbelievable, but that the, the cross was just absolutely as soon as he hit it, you just see the way that that bends in behind and it goes into that no man's land, and it's who's getting on to the end of it. And I thought it was going to be Gakpo, and Mo yeah. Salah just nips in with a foot, and it looked like on first glance that he just got it around Pickford, but on replay, Jordan Pickford. I can't wait to watch it back. I can't wait to watch it back again. Jordan Pickford couldn't have been further. It was an optical yeah. illusion on the live broadcast. Jordan Pickford was nowhere even close well, to where the ball Pickford, was. Pickford gambled on Salah not having the pace, and he gambled yeah. on Gakpo being the one on the ball. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, the thing is, you've got – it's a 50-50. You know, you either – it's stick or twist. And he decided to twist. And – Credit to Salah that he just put the afterburners on in that last 15 yards. And is and he needed that goal. He needed that goal. Probably more than anyone. That was his uh, first goal in five. And his first goal. Yeah, his first goal in five. But the composure to take it. But that, it was a brilliant goal. Really well taken. Delighted. The cross. I, I cannot tell you how difficult it is to cross a ball at full speed. I'm a big fat lump now. But I was quick enough when I was younger and playing. And to be able to cross a ball at full speed on your weak foot, that is serious, you know? And, like, so unselfish as well because it would have been easy for him to chop back and do it himself. Yeah. And it, it was just – everything was about team. And that ran through the entire performance tonight. From 1 to 11, everything was team. Everything was one for all, all for one. We're all in it together. And once we went 1-0 up, I just sat there and said, okay, see this through. Five minutes. See it minutes. through. At 40 minutes, I wrote down there's no Get way. Get to halftime. There's no way we lose from one nothing today. Not no. today. Because we were a proper Jurgen Klopp prime Liverpool today. The yeah. way that we played, everybody knew their rules. Everybody executed it. It goes back to Madge's comment that we did – the basic things, the rudimentary things were all correct. And from there, it built the base. And from early on, I, I thought our forwards looked up for it. 
Like I they thought did, yeah. Owen Darwin early on in the game, they looked like they wanted to have a game today. Um, I mean, once it got to halftime, I thought, okay. I, I didn't think we'd change anything. I just thought more of the same. Keep your composure. See out the first 10 minutes because they'll probably come at you for the first 10 minutes. I expected them to make changes at halftime because what they tried didn't work. It was a really bad tactical setup from Dyche. The difference with today and the Arsenal game is one, you're at home. Two, it's the first game, it's a new manager bounce, and you're forgiven an awful lot. Yeah. But it was, uh, we're a different animal to Arsenal when we're on it because Arsenal are very one dimensional. They're very good at what they do, but they're very one dimensional in what they do. And once you block off the space against them and you, you don't allow them space in and around the edge of your box to play cute one twos and work space in the box. You you restrict their chances massively, and you can always get them on the counter. We were a different animal today because we carried different threats. We carried pace, power, strength, and the, the aggression that we showed off the ball. The aggression that we showed off the ball was something that we've been missing for a long time, and the confidence to back it up as well. You know, uh, I, I, I've done so many of these shows this season, and Bar the Napoli home game where when we beat them, and Napoli are probably the best side in Europe at the minute. Yeah, on form. Um, tonight was tonight has me buzzing. Tonight really has me buzzing because we looked somewhere recognizable to what Liverpool need to be, and that's something to really push on for. Quantum Geek is feeling the exact same thing you're trying to express here. If you had just returned from some remote part of the Amazon after eight months from that game, you would never believe that Liverpool have lost the amount of games we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. And it, to me, that was that was the best part. Like, I don't know, even coming into it, I had to work today. I'm delivering the mail. I, I had to boogie to get home in time for a three o'clock kickoff on a Monday. There's lots of mail on a Monday. And I got done work well in time. I was able to stop and pick up some cans. And I was buzzing for this game. I I was so excited coming into it. And a few people in the Telegram have kind of said the same thing. Like, the last few games have been like, ugh. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, we're playing again. Like, I'm not expecting anything. And I can understand having that same feeling coming into this game. But for some reason, it just, to me, I mean, I was, I said 4-1 on the the Friday show I did with you. So I was obviously feeling optimistic. But it just seemed like we have to have a reaction at some point. And yeah. we we got a reaction today, and it's just a matter of whether we can carry on with that or whether we go back to. Well, Anfield tonight looked like it was buzzing. Megan McCallion, who's normally a regular in the chat, Megan was there tonight, and yeah. she was sending some photos and some texts into the into the Telegram group tonight, and she just said the place was hopping. It came across on screen as well. The place was absolutely bouncing, and the players fed off it, and. 
I think bar the first five minutes of the second half where we looked a bit, I wouldn't say we looked a bit shaky, but we looked a bit, okay, let's just get through this. And then we started to open up again and started to play proper football. And yeah. I just I, thought it was never in doubt. We come back from the half and basically the first thing to note that happens is we break and Trent Alexander-Arnold finally finds his assisting boots. Yeah, and lovely, Cody, a lovely cross. It's it's almost like it took a bit of a deflection, but yeah. it, it, you know he that's what he was intending to do. That was the ball he was intending to play. Yeah. So where it would have gone without the deflection, who knows? But a fantastic break, like Trent being in the positions where he is the best for us. You know, he's been so reserved this year because we've been so shaky at the back and the space that he's vacating to get forward has been exploited yeah. by pretty much everybody we've played. But today, we like, we had the game. We had control of the game. We were dominating the midfield. Everton were posing absolutely no threat to us. And so the fullback started to get forward and a perfect example of it. Ball comes through, takes a bit of a nick, I think, off of Tarkovsky. Comes through, Cody Gakpo, back post, tap in. Off yeah. the mark. First off the goal. mark. And deservedly so. I thought he was outstanding tonight. Um, I know you look, we'll get on to it later. Footmob gave um, Cody Gapo a man of the match. Now, you get an awful lot of points on Footmob for your goal, obviously. But I thought his all around play, his drop off, his strength, uh, drop of a shoulder, his pace to get away from people, intelligence and composure on the ball. Um, there was a you could see why we went for him tonight because and the other side of it as well the amount of times that him and Darwin inter interchanged positions yes where he would find himself on the left Darwin through the middle and vice versa he's as comfortable in either and I think it's a role that he will evolve in and he'll he'll develop into you know he's still been in the country five minutes you know he's still learning you know his teammates and the runs that they make. And there's more players coming back in, so he's got to relearn it again, you know. So, I mean, all of the signs tonight were good. I thought he was exceptional tonight, and the, f the fact that you saw that raw pace and power that he's got as well—it's not explosive sprint speed over a couple of, you know, he's got that in his locker, but that lung bursting run to keep with Mo, and he was matching Mo for speed for speed when once he opened his legs. Those big long legs just kept going and going and going. Um, yeah, look, he's a player. He's a, he is a player, and the, the intelligence as well to hang out on the left wing and just make that late 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 run into the box. It's, it's a simple tap in, but an awful lot of th things have to go right to be in that position to take it. And he just he tucked it in, and I was delighted for him. He needed that as well. Yeah. It Definitely, you need to get off the mark. You know, when you're playing in the attack of any team, you make a transfer. You know, he's been here for a month and a half. Now, coming up six weeks yeah. now, he's been with the team. He's yeah. due a goal, so it was it was fantastic for him to see that. But I was really impressed with him in the second half. And if Footmob gave him the uh, man of the match, they might maybe weight their ratings more on ball control in the midfield because he played to me in the second half a very good Bobby role. He dropped deep a lot of times. Like it was on uh, 60 minutes that he got the ball and did a full 360 degree spin and took about yeah. three or four Everton players completely out of the game. At 63rd minute, 
wins the ball in the midfield again, like dropping into that space between the midfield and the attack, like a Bobby Firmino would do. Yeah. But his ball control and his strength of coming out of the turn, you know, a bit Ginny Wijnaldum like, not quite using his ass with you know the same sort of cantilever yeah, yeah. when Aldum did so well. But I was I was very happy with that. Like to me, yeah, Cody Gakpo could have come in and set the team you know, a fire like Luis Diaz did last January. He hasn't done that and that's fine. But the way he's worked into the game, every game I can see that he's starting to understand the system more and he's starting to understand his position. Like you were talking about the press in the first half that we were on them like hounds, you know, and and to me, a lot of that came with having Batchitich playing as a left-sided eight and Henderson as the right-sided eight that they were happy to get forward and, you know, help that forward press and put five guys up there putting pressure on the ball because Everton just kept kicking. Like the number of times they kicked the ball out for us having a throw in, you know, right around the halfway line was unbelievable. They they were so shaky anytime they had the ball, and that be, that's because yeah. we just pressured them like crazy. Well, Claire Dean makes a point there. Look what happens when we don't let a goal in the first five minutes. And that's, <laughs> and that's it. It's like it's the confidence that you get from – being secure at the back and confident enough to go and press that you're going to be backed up by someone behind you that you don't have to second guess yourself that's where it comes from and it can it can literally change like that it can be a snap of a finger it could be a half of football where it just clicks and the trust comes back because that's an awful lot of the games that we've played even the Wolves game that we lost First 12 minutes was a diabolical. Yeah. We were in the game with for the rest of it without being aggressive and without creating the chance, but we were still in it. But it's a different game. If you go 1-0 down against anyone, that's it. They part the bus and literally say, break us down. And you get more frustrated. You take stupid chances. And you don't, you know, you, you panic. And you play afraid. And that's an awful lot what we were doing. We were playing with fear. Yeah. And the fact that we went 1-0 up, got halftime at home in a derby, and Anfield is bouncing. And you couldn't fail to not be enthused by what happened in that first half. So it was just a case of just do it again. And then you got 2-0 up, and it's like, okay, see it out. Get a third would be nice, but I'll be honest. Allison had one tame save to make. We managed that game brilliantly. You know, it was a case, okay, if we can't go and dominate and score in the final third, okay, we'll just dominate the ball in the middle of the park. Yep. You know, and we'll take our time when we need to. Bit of Robertson shithousery when it was needed. I, I love that, by the way. I, but it was like, it was exactly what was needed. Take the sting out of the game. Take the composure out of it. You know, take any rhythm that they were trying to develop, take all of that out of the game. Delighted for him. Delighted with everything tonight. So fucking happy. I am especially, like, for me, the highlight of the season, I think the image, this one single still image that encapsulates all the positive things that have happened in our season so far is what I put as the new picture in our Telegram transfer chat of Andy Robertson laughing in Jordan Pickford's face laughing in his face because I wrote it down. It was a minute and 39 seconds into the game. The first time Everton wasted time on the ball on a restart. And within about three minutes after that, they had done it two, three more times. 
That's like, another thing that came in, in, and I and you didn't even think of it. The amount of quick retake, you know, the quick free kicks, the quick throw-ins. We just kept the pressure on, kept building and building and building. Yeah, the, the multi-ball system, you yeah. know, they used that extremely well tonight. And like as much as Everton tried to take this thing out of the game until we got to 2-0, and then all of a sudden it was just like last year's game, you know, where yeah. Pickford took the piss the whole night, and then all of a sudden we got the lead and Allison did it right back in his that was the only thing that could have made tonight better is if Allison at one point had had the opportunity to collect a ball and slowly in stages fall over on it. It would have gotten a huge shout from the crowd. Uh, you mentioned the crowd earlier and that Anfield seems like it was bouncing. About the 88th minute, I absolutely love the fact that a Divock Origi chant went around the I, I That made my night. That amazing. absolutely made my night. Um, made my night. Amazing to hear that. But, I mean, like, a couple other things. Like, 70th minute, Darwin goes off. He gets the big ovation from Anfield. Yeah. Haven't had a great game. And Diogo Jota comes back. And yeah. I wrote down, he's like a new signing. He's like, it's been so long, it seems like, since we've seen Diogo Jada, and he just brings something different to it, you know, to our attack, especially yeah. when you consider our new signings in, you know, Diaz, Nunez, and Gakpo. They all seem to have a bit of that pace, you know, going forward and power. And Jada's just this kind of effervescent well, other. You type. look at the you look at the changes that we made off the bench tonight, okay? Um Milner comes in, he's your closer. Yep. Elliot comes in for Salah at the end. Grant keeps his streak going of appearing in every game so far this season. With and he comes out with with Navi, close yep. the game off. Grant Jota comes back, Bobby comes back. Having those that level of player coming off the bench, you still had Virgil sat in his arse enjoying himself and getting involved in scraps and all that good stuff. <laughs> then it's like having the ability to have game changers and people who can affect change off the bench it's just an, another thing that you know to 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 be positive about going forward and none of these guys need to be rushed i mean newcastle are a different animal when we go to st james's it's going to be a different animal we'll talk about that plenty in the week to come but as for tonight 2-0 comfortable comfortable domination of that game and for all of the huffing i mean look arsenal or everton would have looked at these two games and thought anything we can get out of these two games they'll be delighted with yeah you know the fact they got three points off arsenal it takes pressure off of them a little bit but they're still in the shit you know but, oh, they, like, see I, I i was thinking about this and you know everton after they sacked fat frank you know they make the change of manager and they look and they got Arsenal top of the table and the Merseyside Derby coming up. And I agree. They would have taken one point out of those yeah. two games under normal circumstances. But then they beat Arsenal. And they looked at the way that we played against Wolves. And you can't tell me that the Blues weren't bouncing coming into this game. Oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't listen to any oppo previews on any podcast or anything like that. But they, oh, yeah. they would have been feeling this is our chance of getting out of the relegation zone and starting to build some distance between us and danger. And we fuck from the grave, just a bony arm reaches out and just pulls Everton right back down into the mire that they belong in. Uh, mate, my, my, my postie is a blue. He's a big Everton fan, right? And he knocked on the door this morning. Uh, I was at work. He knocked on the door with a package. Uh, is it from my missus? Tell Kev that we're coming to get in tonight. And I was like, 
All right, sunshine. I'll see you later. <laughs> I got a feeling I ain't getting any posts this week. <laughs> yes. it, it comes eventually, Kev. You don't have to worry about it. I uh, there's uh, there's an Irish red that actually lives on my post route, and I uh, I left him a little note that just said Derby Day up the Reds today. So I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Dave if he's around in the next week, just to. Yeah. Give him one of those because he can understand. Nobody else at my work could possibly get the uh, joy that today's result has brought me. Yeah, it would. I mean, look, all of the positives that come out of tonight, you got to caveat it with it's a start. That's all this is. It's a start. It's a good start. But this is, we need to kick this on. I mean, we've got 17 cup finals to go in this season. All right. And anything's possible. All everything's on the table, anything can happen. If we turn up to games with that level of intensity and that level of confidence, anything can happen. But if we don't, there's no real you look at every side in this league and they have players that can hurt you if you're not on it, if you're not committed 100%. If we go into games between now and the end of the season committed and with that level of intensity that we showed tonight. I'm more than confident that we could do something this season that's really special. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of recovering from what seemed like an unrecoverable position that we were in five days ago sort of thing. Like, the way the results went for us this weekend, this was exactly the result that we needed in terms of, you know, Brighton dropping points, Fulham dropping points, Newcastle dropping. Like, teams are there for us to catch up on them. Like, I don't think... The teams above us are definitely there on merit, but I yeah. don't think if we can play to the level that we should be at, we should be able to reel in these teams and make a consistent push for it. But I mean, the next the next game will be massive. I yeah, mean, it is. For somebody in a telegram, or it might have been before we went on here in the YouTube chat, that just said like it's just Cup Finals from here till the end of the season. Yeah. It's got That's a very you know twenty twenty one season vibe about it now, where it's we can't afford to lose. Like yeah. we need to put a, you can, you can absorb, you know, over the course of 12 games, you can absorb maybe one or two losses, but it feels like going into every game that we like, not this one. And to me, that's what this game felt like was like, we need a reaction from the players. We can't lose the Derby. We can't give Everton two wins on the trot, you know, new manager bounce, get them out of trouble and put us deeper into the shit. And we got it. And I'm very happy. It, we've given our all, all we've, we've done tonight is we've given ourselves a platform yeah it's up to us how we approach these games if we turn up we've got the ability to beat every single side in this league bar none so i'm looking at it i'm confident that they want to and that's half the battle because the squad that squad knows that come the summer there's going to be changes anyone yeah. who's going knows they're going already so it's up to them how they see it out you know it's it's up to them how they want to be remembered and you saw tonight on the 88 minutes when the song went off for divok origi if you want to be remembered like divok then you put a shift in between now and the end of the season and you'll be remembered forever in a day if you down tools then you know there's it's a scrappy pull of players Fernando Torres had a great song and it doesn't get sung anymore. Yeah. You know, people used to chant the name of Felipe Coutinho and they don't anymore. Raheem yeah. Sterling was lauded, you know, by the fans and he's not anymore. It's, it's, 
to me, this comes back to the loyalty argument about flop and, you know, where it's set us wrong so far this season. But I think with a player like Fabinho, because, you know, he had a bounce back game today, but Henderson, I thought was brilliant today. You know, Henderson hasn't been starting. This is the club captain and he's been sitting on the bench, but I think the loyalty, you know, Klopp is not going to throw these players away and, you know, discard them for the rest of the season. And some of them uh, rewarded the manager with uh, a return on that. Sean P. Casey here with a uh, £8.99 super chat, of which £6.29, I believe, will go to the uh, ladies that are running the Dublin Marathon for breast cancer. So thank you for that, Sean. He says, not sure what is worse, subscribing to Gav's golf channel or my toothache. Ouch. That seems a bit harsh. I don't even know if he's put a video up yet. That's, uh... Well, I know the first day of golf went today, and apparently it went well. Really? So I would have presumed that it would have gone bang average. I think all I all I know is that he's happy with what he did. And I, and that His means batteries were charged. The batteries were charged and, <laughs> and everything worked. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely if you if you're not subscribed, uh get hold of any one of us on social media and we'll send you the link to Gav's uh Gav's channel that he's starting up with his mate and if this place is anything to go by, it's just going to be fun. It's just going to be funny. You know, so just do click on the link and hit the bell icon for it. And when, when the content starts to come out, it, I've got a feeling it's going to be hilarious. Well, can you just imagine, Kev, of like how the Colin shows have gone and the amazing characters that have popped up in a couple weeks of doing Colin shows? Can you imagine Gab going out and shooting 18 holes with Chris Golding or Birdie? <laughs> You never know who's going to pop up on this thing. Thomas, uh, if you... Thomas Ray is asking, what's the golf channels in? Off the top of my head, I don't bloody know. Bang bang, but, Average Golf. It sounds a lot like Ban Gav Golf, but it's Bang Average Bang Average Golf. golf. Okay. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think he's going to be releasing just kind of like a test episode here of when they went out today to the people that have pre-subscribed to the channel sort of thing, not going yeah. out to the masses on YouTube. But... Yeah, it, it should be it should be quite interesting. And I mean if it's there if as long as it's not heavily edited, like yeah. I don't just want to see all of Gav's great golf shots. I want to see yeah. Gav throwing a six iron into a creek sort of thing. Oshi in there says that the uh link to Gav's channel is in the community tab. So if you nip into the community tab, it's in there. And while you're there, click on the link for the breast cancer awareness charity and share that around your socials as well. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's kind of the main point of uh, a lot of the stuff that we're doing here. It's yeah. just good to be uh, online and chatting with the like-minded community. And, you know, I, I love being able to come on after a win finally and talk yeah. with about how great we've been. But it's nice to be a vehicle for something a little bit bigger than that. So the, uh, the 12 women that are GAA players out of Dublin that are running the Dublin Marathon to raise money for breast cancer awareness – the link's in the chat description down there. If you go to any of the LFC Day Trippers social media accounts, it'll be pinned to the top of any of their feeds. So just like it, share it, and if you can, give a little bit of a donation. Coming up on tax season, so everybody should be maybe a little bit more flush as long as you're in the returns column, not the owing column. Well, Frank Carlisle's there saying he's – if you knock that one up, I, can you read that one out? My yeah, he said, Frank Carlisle sure. says, I've just got in from the game and everybody buzzing, walking home. I believe we can do the magpies and go on from there. Believe, lads. Love it. There you go. Love there that. You. Absolutely love that, Frank. 
And that that's basically that's what we've been saying tonight. It's like this has got to be a platform for something else, and that's all you heard from Salah in his post match. It's like this has to be this. This is the start, and confidence breeds confidence. Wins breeds confidence, and the way we won that game tonight will only make them go again. And no better place. I mean, there's no harder place to go. I think at the moment in the league than St James's Park to go and get something. They may, they might not be on great form at the minute, but they're stubborn as fuck and they don't concede many. So if we can go and manage to get a win there, that really sets us up. I mean, shit, they conceded to Bournemouth, so can't yeah. be that hard to score against them, right? Not many people have, to be fair. No, they were the only side to beat them this this season. I gotta say, uh, I'm looking back at my notes here from the Friday show, and I think I got the results of all four games that we predicted correct. Results. A, a oh. draw. I, I called a nil-nil West Ham against Chelsea. I believe it ended 1-1. I said 0-2 Leeds against Man United. I think that was the actual result. That was the score, yeah. Yeah. I said 2-2 two, two, uh, Crystal Palace against Brighton, and that ended in a draw. Fair show. And I said 4-1 Liverpool over Everton. So, wins <laughs> oh. a win. If only, win, if, win. if only I uh, took my own advice and went to bookmakers.com and gambled on sports, but I don't. So, <laughs> there you are. Uh I mean, I think we both agree on who our man of the match would be in terms of being Stefan Bajetic. Yeah. I mean, honorable, yeah, Stefan, hands down for me, was outstanding. Honorable mention to Cody Gakpo. I thought Joe Gomez was really good tonight. Yeah. Um, Andy Robertson up and down the wing was very good. Darwin put a proper shift in. The, the pass for that first goal was outrageous. Salah kept going and going. And. Jordan Henderson, yeah, you know, he he was really really good. Uh, no one uh, had a, a bad proper, game. A proper captain's performance from Jordan yeah. Henderson, you could almost say. exactly. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone had a bad game. I mean, Allison had nothing to do about catching ball, but other than that, I thought we dominated that from start to finish. No one had a a, a, a mayor of any kind. I think Fabinho definitely has work to do, but the signs are there that you know hopefully he can kick on from this and rediscover some kind of level of performance that we're used to that's going to be half the battle for us is getting him back somewhere somewhere near normal i think fabinho is more than capable of next season going forward being the understudy to stefan by (laughs) i just having a joke red steve here said joe gomez had a shot i got very excited as well steve i'm fully on board the uh I cannot wait for the possibility. He needs a goal. He needs a goal. He needs a goal. But yeah, look, I mean, there's there's so many people that deserve. I mean, I'm delighted for Klopp. It was nice to see that fist pump back at the end as well. You know, go up to the go up to the crowd and give it large because the weight off that man's shoulders with that level, with not just sort sort of result, but with that performance, the weight off his shoulders is huge. You know, no word of a lie. It, it's massive, and everyone's going to be bouncing into into the accident tomorrow, and just you know, bring on the next one. Bring yeah. on the next one. Yeah, Klopp, that has to be the attitude now. Klopp could try to give him two days off, and I think that every single member of the squad would be at the accident tomorrow, ready to go yeah. through the. You know, even if it's just a film session to sit through it and go through that well, uh, moment by moment. But Emmett, Emmett just made a point there. It was um, Klopp's two hundred fiftieth win. Yeah, 
Okay. All right. Here's a stat. Here's a stat for you. Okay. Tonight was Jurgen Klopp's fiftieth win as Liverpool manager in all competitions. It was his four hundred and fourteenth game in charge for the Reds, reaching the milestone quicker than any other previous three managers to do so for the club. Paisley four hundred and forty-eight, Shankly four hundred and seventy-two, and Watson five hundred and thirty-nine. I mean. Given the era that we're in and what we're up against, monumental achievement for the man. Monumental just, achievement. Is there any way of going back through uh, previous shows, chats, and finding the people who commented it's time for Klopp to go to maybe – can we can we ring them up? There, and there ain't many. Uh, it's one thing I'll, I look at. The, the people in the chat here are as knowledgeable as anyone on any channel. You don't get the regulars on here making stupid comments like that. You know, so it's only people who just come in looking to shoot the shit and be aggressive for no reason. None of the chat that are in here on a regular basis makes stupid comments like that. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, just Hannah, I think, kind of nailed the biggest thing, the takeaway for me that summed it all up was Robbo was back to being a shithouse too, and you love to see it. And yeah. I mean, there, there was a point, uh, second half, I think, where Trent kind of did a bit of a Robbo where he, you know, just harried and harried and harried and ended up way out of position because he just kept pressing and pressing and pressing. And, like, yeah, it was, oh, man, such a relief to be back. Yeah. Just it was, Look, there'll always be mourners. There'll always be people who look to make, make the fan base angry and divide it and split it. But as we've seen tonight with Anfield, I mean, the place was bouncing. Everyone was in it. We're all in this together. From now until the end of the season, we all want the same thing. We disagree from time to time in how we get there, but all we want is the club to win games. Yeah. We want us. We want to win games, and we want to be the best version of ourselves. But That's at the absolute we least, we want to see our team that goes out onto the pitch look like they're actually trying. And for the last few games, it hasn't felt that way to me. And tonight it did. Yeah. I say I, I'd imagine a rocket went up a fair few people last weekend. And literally probably told everyone, take two days off, go home, find the mirror, stare at it, and decide what kind of player you want to be for the club. And they come back and they gave us an answer tonight. So you said it was Klopp's 250th win? 250th win in all competitions. So if Ashley L says it's Fabinho's 200th and Andy Robertson's 250th game tonight, I, is that just league games maybe, Ashley, you can clarify? Because if Klopp's got 250 wins and Robertson's only played 250 games, Robertson's win percentage must be unbelievable. <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, Klopp's 250 wins in 414 games in all comps. So, I mean... It's an outrageous achievement by anyone at any club, yeah. but to do it with the backdrop of a Premier League being involved in Champions Leagues most seasons, it's, it's outrageous. Yeah, you know it really is. We when don't start, know what we got till it's gone. Numbers that are better over extremely long time spans in sport than a guy that has a statue outside of the stadium you know you've got something special on your hand. And it's why I was so furious with people when, coming on here doing post-match shows when we're putting in insipid performances and losing embarrassingly of people saying Klopp out of like, no, 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 no. That is the last thing that this club needs 
with all the turmoil we've got going on behind the scenes and with the playing staff being changed, you now want to get rid of our golden goose? Like, that's crazy talk. Yeah, look, for me, it, look, I mean, deep it for a sec. It's a, it's a reflection of society as a whole that they think the one one quick fix fixes everything. And really and truly, it never does. It never does. It's always people who do the hard yards, work through their issues, work through problems, come out the other side smelling the roses. And this season, I think we're just going to have to suck it up. It is what it is. We'll do what we can do, and we'll get to the other side of it. But the nuts and bolts of the next generation of this evolution of Liverpool is there. It needs adding to. It needs tweaking, and it needs help. And I firmly believe it has to come in the summer, whether we've got new owners or not, because the worst case, I mean, FSG, for all of their flaws, and their legion, some of them, they ain't stupid, and they ain't about to let their asset that they've spent 15 years or nearly 15 years building yeah. wither away on the strength of needing to invest. They've put that, they've spent when they've needed to spend, they could have done more, 100%, nailed on. We all agree on that. But this summer is the acid test for them. And if they get it right, you've seen with the likes of Stefan, with Harvey, Carvalho is there as well to come back in next year. He's going to be, he's going to throw on and develop. The nuts and bolts are there. You know, it needs it just needs adding to. We need to go again. But there's no better Buchel, there's no better boy to do it than Jurgen Klopp. Absolutely. He is best in class, man. He is best in class without a shadow of a doubt. I've just got an alert that popped up here on my phone, Kev. Apparently, breaking news, Mark Goldbridge says we have a 300 million pound war chest to spend this summer. Yeah, I saw, I saw that earlier today. It's absolute pile of crap. But Basically, I, I do believe that we have dry powder you know to use the the phrase that's used in terms of keeping our powder dry yeah because we have to right yeah like, we do we just have to we have to have the capacity to spend some money and i think i'm a hundred percent firmly in the camp that jude bellingham is coming to liverpool and yeah. it's going to cost us probably a hundred million 110 million i'd say 125 140 yeah. but whatever it is it is but the one thing i'll say goldbridge put out that figure of 300 million it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out what our headroom is. Once you know what our income is, and you in terms of FFP, what, you're talking, right? Yeah, yeah. We've got every club has headroom. Man United are up against it now because not look, every club, Kev. Oh yeah, no. Every, every club is up against it, <laughs> and you look at what Manchester United had to do when they had to go and sign Veghorst. They had to get Veghorst because they couldn't afford anyone else because they're right up on their upper limit. Everton bang up on their limit, right? Chelsea, it's going to cost Chelsea 80 million a year for the next eight years to pay for the window they've just had. Yeah, to do nothing else. That and then they, yeah, exactly. Then they've got to sell the likes of Lukaku and Aubameyang and everything to be a mass amount to be able to fund any future incomes. We've got headroom. Goldbridge, I'd say, isn't far off the mark with that 300 million figure, but that's a 300 million figure over a rolling three-year period. So by the time we get to the end of this summer, we'll have a rolling three-year period to come where we've probably got headroom of 300 million before we have to sell us all. 
before we count any income from player sales or player monetization when players leave. So we've probably got more than that. In three years, you know one thing that's definitely going to happen? The end of 350,000 pounds a week to Mohamed Salah's contract. You know, so it's these like there there is a plan. It's it's one of the reasons why I was so exasperated a couple of weeks ago on a show when, you know, everybody's kind of pulling their hair out, being like, there's no plan. We don't know what we're doing of like there has to be a plan. These guys aren't they're not idiots. You might not like FSG, but these are not fools. You know, yeah. they've got they've got four World Series trophies sitting over at Fenway Park. They've got a Champions League, they got a Premier League, they got an FA Cup, they got a League Cup, they got a FIFA Club World Cup, they got a you know UEFA Super Cup. They do put up they're not idiots. They they have made mistakes, undoubtedly, but they're not just absentee landlords. Like that's not what FSG are. These are businessmen who have been for 20 years in the business of sport. Yeah, Dan Austin makes a great point there. Apparently, Elon Musk is up for buying Manchester United. Don, do it. Yeah. If it goes as well as Twitter, I'm all in, man. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be bringing his own fucking bathroom yeah. sink into Old Trafford and it'll be completely <laughs> fitting for that fucking toilet. Ah, uh, look. I mean, the one thing that you look at, Chelsea have infrastructure spends to come. Manchester United need a billion pounds spending on that ground. We're done. Yeah, Our infrastructure spend is done. And pay it back. Did you see some of the shots of the stadium tonight, too? It looked great, didn't it? Oh, she it looks looked really good. good. When that new Annie Road end gets done and it's going to be taller than the main stand and the Kenny Dalglish stand with, yeah. you know, a future Klopp redevelop. I'm of the I'm of the firm belief that they're waiting to redevelop the cop for when safe standing comes back in in full effect. And they're yeah, going to they're going to redo the cop with rail standing because I've I sat at the rail standing when I went over for the game in March last year for the inter game. And it was fantastic because I don't want to sit. Yeah. It's like going to a rock and roll concert. You're going to tell me to yeah. sit down, like. I th- I think it will. I I think the next evolution of Anfield is going to take it up to seventy thousand. Yeah, and you'll have no problem selling it. It it's. Did you? I, I mean, I was watching the football over the weekend. And I didn't really because we'll finish up in a minute. Yeah. But the club with the second highest average attendance in the Premier League this season is West Ham United. Big stadium, the, the Olympic Stadium, and Big they stadium. fill it and they fill it. Yeah. West Ham, imagine what Liverpool could do with that revenue. Well, with no, Jurgen Klopp at the helm. What, what we're go- what we're going to do? You'll you know, see. it's you know, unless the unless the Annie Road redevelopment is far behind schedule, I've heard rumors that it might not be ready for the start of next season. But they're you know, it's coming. There's no doubt about it. They're putting you know decorative bricking up. Around the metal super, you know, structure underneath. So it, I there were some shots. They had some aerial shots from in Stanley Park, looking out onto the stadium tonight. That I just looked at it and was like, "Son of a bitch," because I was in the old, you know, the current Annie Road that's being redeveloped, and it feels pretty big because, like, the Canadian Football League stadiums that we go to around here, the biggest ones are like twenty three, twenty four thousand sort of thing. So to be in a proper big stadium and then to know that they're making it even bigger, so yeah, good times ahead. We don't have yeah. a billion dollars of debt that we need a prospective owner to, you know, just write off of the book sort of thing. So things are good. And we're not under a four-year-long Premier League investigation that's levied over 100 charges against us for financial dalliances. Yep. And the best thing is 2-0. 
local derby, comfortable. Back to back to something resembling a Liverpool performance tonight. Absolutely, they showed the the away end with about five or ten minutes left in the game, and it was considerably thinned out from the capacity that it was at when the game kicked uh, off. A, a lot of the Blues, yeah, decided to go and catch the bus before it got crowded. I guess so. Uh, I mean, that was an absolutely lovely show to do, Mister O'Sullivan. I have to say, Mike, we, uh, I. Thoroughly enjoyed that, and thanks yeah. everyone in the chat who stuck in and got your comments in. It, man, what a night! What what performance? We needed that. We all needed that. Every single one of us needed that. Got to bounce into work tomorrow now. Happy bunnies, man! I'd say we deserved it, Kev. Not only we did we need it, I'd say we deserved it. And I'm talking to the people, you know, like you, like myself, like the people, the names we see in the chat that are here after the horrid losses, sort of thing. You have to enjoy it. You got to eat yeah. the you got to eat the bad performances and the bad results when they come. So you may as well enjoy the good ones when they come, even if it's exactly. on a Monday night. So, yeah, that's uh, that's enough from us tonight. Uh, again, the show is sponsored by Bookmakers.com. So if you're into a little bit of the old gambly gambly, head on over to their site for the best odds you can get. Do a little bit of uh, comparisons going into your fantasy weekend. How'd you do this weekend for fantasy? I didn't do terrible. I don't give me a sec. Hang on. I right don't here. know. I, I oh I shit, no, exactly. no, that's not my not Spotify. I nearly pressed. You you were nearly listening to my Spotify list for a sec. Oh, that could have been embarrassing. You, you don't yeah, that would have been yeah. You'd have been listening to a lot of David Bowie and Queen. Oh well, that's not embarrassing at all. I mean, Queen a little, <laughs> not, the, not the Bowie part. Oh no, I did. Eh. I, I did bad. I I've got thirty nine points so far. I got so 50, I got bad. I got fifty nine. Who is my savior? Are you crushing me? Almiron. Yeah. Almiron was my was my savior. Yeah, I'm just happy that I've continued with Rashford because uh, he is in some sort of form in he's, terms of he's all having the, he's in the form of his life. Yep, absolutely no doubt. So um, again, check out the community tab and the links on all the social media pages for the LFC Day Trippers. You'll find the uh, GoFundMe page for the ladies that are running the Dublin Marathon, raising money for breast cancer awareness. Any little bit you can do to help them always helps everybody here. You know, feel good about. Helping out for a cause that's more than just chatting shite about the football. So uh, please go on over. If you do nothing else, do that. If you can do two things and besides donate, we'd love it if you'd hit the like button. Or uh, if you're listening to this on a podcast after the fact, which I know a fair few people will, go in, give the podcast a five-star rating, leave a comment and stuff like that. All these things help the channel out. I mean, this couldn't be any more of an independent channel. So, uh, yeah. Kev, thanks for joining me, buddy. This uh, is man, great. My my absolute pleasure. Enjoyed every single second of that. Yeah. Merseyside Derby number 242 and Liverpool 2, Everton 0. Up the Reds. Have a good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.